Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, welcome to a weird and warm Columbus, Ohio, the World of Pew podcast. Got my partners here, Brandon and John. And hey, Greg Morton from America's Got Talent is our special guest tonight. And uh, gotta say, Greg, thanks for coming thanks, on. How, no, you thank you. Tonight? Thank you, Chris. Now, you were Good telling me tonight you're in, I'm assuming you're on tour. You're in Toronto tonight, right? Uh, I'm home for a couple of days, and then I'm going to drive right back out again. I was at the uh, Albany Funny Bone this past oh, week. Okay. So, okay, so you're homes in Toronto? Yeah. Oh, fantastic, fantastic! And you said it's cold tonight. <laughs> I mean, we got this bizarre warm snap, and then but you're telling me that as soon as you come to Columbus for your shows this weekend, it's going to get cold again. So that's what I do, man. I always yeah. bring the weather with me. <laughs> oh man well, that's why everybody gets angry at me you brought this from canada <laughs> yeah definitely definitely well greg your interesting story i i gotta say um, america's got talent kind of introduced me to you uh you were on last year greg tell me about your career you know america's got talent's a great show but it's funny because there's all these guys i mean you've been in the business for a while you've done a lot of things uh, but sometimes it takes a show like America's Got Talent to introduce you to the country and the world, I guess. Um, tell me a little bit about your background and what brought you to America's Got Talent. Well, I, I've been doing this for 35 years. And uh, okay. I think that social media is really the key. Mm. And uh, it helps you get noticed. And uh, prior to the, the America's Got Talent, I just did a dry bar special. I've done a... Mm -hmm. A lot of things. I think it all just culminated into uh, me getting all this attention. So just the fact that I had my head down and I kept working and I looked up and all of a sudden I was there. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, and Brian, John, feel free to jump in if you have any questions. I'll, I'll keep going. But so when you first tried America's Got Talent, did you have any idea of like, did you think this could go well for you? Was it, I mean, was it a lark? Was it just, hey, I'm, I'm trying to get my next break? What kind of brought you to America's Got Talent? No, I knew that it was going to be the perfect uh, show for me. Okay. Now, the more I thought about it, you know, I kind of had to be talked okay. into it. Um, my wife, a long time ago, she kept saying, uh, you should go on that show. That show would be good for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is a it is the perfect venue for me because I'm more of a variety act mm -hmm. and I'm a variety show fan from a long time ago. Even when I was a kid, I watched the Ed Sullivan show, the Sonny and Cher smothers, the smothers yeah. brothers, Carol Burnett, all uh, flip Wilson, all those shows. I mean, if you remember, I don't know if you, if you know, but back in the sixties oh, yeah. and the seventies, 
the variety shows were king. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they kind of petered out and died in the 80s. And uh, they never did come back. But uh, this is a great format. And it's it's something that, uh, you know, uh, families can watch together. And I think people are, are really craving that. Fantastic. And is your show totally like your background? I mean, I know what made you popular on America's Got Talent were, were some of the fun cartoon voices and movie voices that you do. Has that always been the hallmark of your show? I mean, I know you do other types of comedy or. Um, no, it's only a, a small, not a small sliver, but it's, yeah, I, I, it's not my whole show. Okay. My, whole, my, my show bounces around and, and I do everything. Okay. You know, I sing song, uh, song parodies. I do stand up. Fantastic. Uh, I've even had some, uh, a little bit of ventriloquism in my, my show. Okay. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> I tried that for a while. Great. I tried awesome. everything. That's everything awesome. everything comedy i don't i'm not one of these purest mm-hmm. people that come on and go like well you gotta stand there and you gotta talk in the microphone and you have to wear a, a t-shirt with blue jeans and you have to get mess your hair up and you go on and you just tell straight jokes well you tell stories you know yeah, <laughs> you talk yeah. about yourself, and then you bore people to death, and then you go get off. Your five yeah. minutes are over. I mean, this is what everybody's doing right now. Oh, yeah. And I say yeah. you should be different. You should mm-hmm. be you still, but you mm-hmm. should be different. And everybody's being the same. Right. They'll mm-hmm. go like, "Oh, I love, uh, I love Bill Barr, or I love this person, uh, Louis C.K.," mm-hmm. and they end up sounding just like those people. Yeah, instead right. of themselves they dress like them they look like them their posture on stage is the same and so they never find out who they are or what their voice is and i think that's one of the most important things to do is to find your own voice tell us about that process if you would uh, like h- how was it that you developed your own voice your own identity i mean obviously you are who you are that's just your identity but how did you develop the voice so that was consistent with that identity and, and, and still stand out. Like, how did you develop that? Well, it was a culmination of the two when I first started. Because <clears throat> like everybody else, I was copying people. Mm-hmm. And my huge influence when I at the time was Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So I sounded a lot like Eddie Murphy, a lot of things that I did, or Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. And then I started, <clears throat> I had this idea to work in some things that I was doing outside of stand-up. See, before this, I was a mobile disc jockey, and uh, I already had a show, and it was kind of a variety show. I would play records, tell a few jokes, and dress up in costumes. And I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if I could marry those two, if I could take stand-up, my stand-up show, and put it together with my DJ show, which has music and variety in it. So that was always my goal. Now, other people or other comics they said, oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, that's not how stand-up works. That's not really stand-up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, but really, all along, I didn't realize it, but at the time, I, I was being true to myself. I was being myself. It's just that I was just different. So I just went, and I just kind of ignored it. And I just thought, I thought you know, I'm on my own path. I got to find out what works for me. What works for them is is fine, but what works for me, it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you just kept on working at it, right? I just kept working on it. Yeah. So if somebody would say, like, uh, 
you need to work on, you need to work on your joke writing. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll write more jokes. And then I, and then I get interested in uh, storytelling. I want to become a good storyteller. How do I do that? I'll find a good story and then I'll tell the story on stage and I just tell it bare bones. And then maybe a couple of laughs, you get a couple of laughs and you go like, oh, okay, this needs more laugh beats. So I yeah. go back and I write more jokes. So it's a setup and then a punch and then a setup and a punch and a setup and a punch until you finally get to the end of the story, which is the punchline. And then I just kept learning everything about every style of comedy that there was out there because I do love all different styles. I just, uh, uh, well, I, you know, that's how I am. I'm, I'm a Gemini. I like, <laughs> I like a little bit of everything and something different. I get bored really easy. And we, we definitely want to remind people we're talking to Greg Morton, a comedian. Um, you probably know him best maybe from America's Got Talent. He was on last year. Uh, but he's coming here to Columbus, Ohio, um, February 6th through 9th. And it's going to be interesting. There's a family show on February 9th, <laughs> which, you know, for a lot of mainstream comedy clubs, you know, just with drinking age and everything, you, you know, it's tough to do. How yeah. important is that to have a family show? I saw that you had a clip on your website talking about that. Uh, what does that mean yeah. to have one that you actually bring the kids to, too? Well, like I was saying, you know, the with the alcohol being there, you know, kids, they cannot handle their alcohol at all. <laughs> you know, they're, just, they're, they're such pussies. They just stumble yeah. around, <laughs> throwing up and... Yeah. And wow. AGT is a family affair. It's a show that everybody watches with their family. And I thought, man, and, and, and a couple of people, they, they emailed me and they said, hey, they messaged me. They said, how come uh, all of your shows, we want to come out to your show, but they're all 21 and older. And I thought, yeah, you know, I should have an all ages show. So I mentioned it to the funny bone and hey, who doesn't want to make more money? Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> the clubs, you know, the clubs, they love right. that. And uh, the, we did it for the first time in uh, the first week of January in Syracuse. And we had about 100 people. Okay. This week in Albany, we had just over 200 people. Oh, wow. So it is looking really good. Now more and more people are finding out about it. And the kids had a blast. It was so much fun. In fact, I thought the kids were more fun than the adults. Oh, yeah. yeah. The adults are really, they're kind of stiff. I don't know why, but they feel so self-conscious in, in front of their uh, their kids. I don't know why that kids is. Kids are real. Kids are real. What's that? I said kids are real. The kids know? are real. Yeah, you know what? They, You're right. They don't, they're not, they haven't been they trained They have no filter. Yeah. yeah. They don't have any of those societal... Uh, uh, restrictions placed yeah. upon them yet because they don't know they don't know what they don't know well mm -hmm. I, want, I want to bring brain into the conversation and greg if you don't mind i don't want you to give away your whole act because obviously we want people to come to the funny bone to watch the show but one of the things that brandon likes is star wars C could you give him a couple seconds or just a little yeah, bit sure. of star wars and i want brandon to ask you about that okay <laughs> join me luke Join me on the dark side. <laughs> I'll never join you. Ah, oh no, Master Luke. Uti waka loco solo. Utu chaba waka. Yes, go ahead, young Skywalker. 
join me wow. and your father in the dark shade of the fort. <laughs> do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> wow. Oh. How, oh, that's marvelous. How long did it take to perfect that? I mean, obviously, that's nothing that I can do for five, practice for five minutes to do how you do it. How long did five it take minutes, to That's all it took. Oh, okay. it had to be longer than that, right? No, it was an accident. Uh, really? I, was at a, I was at a club, and um, it was a happy accident. Um, I was at a club and the, the bartender was a huge fan of star Wars and he started playing the, uh, the soundtrack. And, uh, so I was just goofing around on stage. I was picking up my stuff after the show he, and I started goofing all around on the mic and I'm doing the different voices. He's going, wow, you should put that in your show. <laughs> and I never really thought about it. So then, then there was a process of starting to put it into my show and introducing it. Now, at first, it was just really short. I just did a little bit, and uh, but then I made it a showcase. I made it a showpiece. Mm -hmm. I thought that was the great way to do it, you know, and make it because it's kind of like a song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what happens is it has all of those great lines from all of the movies. And every time, when you, as soon as you hear the line of dialogue oh, and you yeah. hear the voice, that picture goes into your head, and it's like watching a, a a trailer for for Star Wars. And it takes you right back there, and it pushes all those memory buttons, and uh, you have all these visuals come into your head. So that's kind of how I got that idea. And when I was on the EGT, I go like, "Well, I know what the formula is." Mm -hmm. I'll just do the yeah. same thing, but with more movies, because they wanted more voices. Give All us right. more voices. I think this will really impress the people, you know? So Yeah. 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 yeah I just didn't... What I didn't want to do was, and a lot of people didn't understand this, was that I didn't want the characters talking to each other, like if they weren't yeah. in the same right. universe. Right. And I didn't want to do this thing where, like, hey, what if... Uh, Chewbacca walked into a McDonald's. I think yeah. it would go a little like this. Yeah. You know, I, go, I hate that. You know, it is just... <laughs> I just didn't want to do it that way. I wanted to do it something different. And I wanted it to be... I wanted it to have a bang. Mm -hmm. You know, and because that whole show is shock and awe. Yeah. And if you don't have that, well, you're gone, right? How was the what Brandon? Before I don't want to monopolize the time, Brandon. What, do you have a question for Greg? No, uh, I was just kind of curious on the AGT process, like how long um, behind the scenes, like with the background checks or the review process, or oh my god, how long did that take? Well, I mean, the, while you're on it, the whole time you're going through that process. Wow, there are so many forms to fill out. <laughs> But of course, I mean, you know, all these shows are like that. You have to be careful. You don't want to have some nutter on the show. Right. And uh, they have a breakdown mid-show and go off. You know, <laughs> so they want to know that you have your mental health is pretty good and you're in good shape that way. And they check all of your social media and the things that you post. And they, they check everything. So... And you're probably talking to producers when you first try out for the show, right? And then yeah. do they pick people to go on the big stage, right, to see the judges and everything? Right. It, okay. And it sounds like they pick people they think are promising, and then probably some of the goofier people that they vote out right away, right? Uh, no, no. They like goofy people. Okay. You know? um, they like okay. things that are different. 
because you'll notice that every once in a while they'll change it. They'll change it up. Okay. It's a way of clearing the palate. You okay. know, if you just see the same thing all the time, you get bored. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be a singer and then a dancer and some acrobats and then a comedian and then somebody who stinks really bad. Yeah. And then you yeah. start all over again, you know? Definitely. Like, definitely. You know, and, and now they have some people that are, uh, that are purposely, they're supposed to be uh, really different. That, and, uh, uh, like they had uh, last season, they had a, a comic on called Death. Yeah, and I it was that such yeah. a that guy had such a great gimmick. It was so yeah. funny. It was, yeah. I just loved it. Now, obviously, he wasn't going to go on, but man, I would have loved it if he did. See, not everybody got it, right? right. But uh, but us, I mean, we're, we're comedians. We get it. Yeah, like we- <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, well, and then the guy, great shtick. And the kid that won the the whole thing last year, yeah, you know, he had an amazing story. I, I'm I'm not sure Brandon John saw it, but uh, kid had autism that you know didn't speak too well. Then he sang he amazing. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was just it was crazy. Cody, yeah, Cody. Now, <clears throat> Cody Lee, like I, I obviously I met him. I met his mother, and uh, we talked extensively. And I got to tell you, that kid is incredible. Oh yeah, he's very very talented. He has an otherworldly uh, energy. And when you're around him, you can feel it. And it is just pure. It, it's just positive, all positive. You know, some of these kids, they, they're on a, on a higher level. They're on a different plane. Yeah. And, and uh, they, uh, man, I, sometimes I would sit by him. I'd have to leave because I'd start crying. Oh, yeah. Because I'm really sensitive, you know. Well, and, you- uh it I could just one, feel it. It was one of those years that usually I'll watch it, and I don't know who's going to win. And I was pulling for you, Greg, but, you know, once <laughs> I saw Cody Lee, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this kid's this going to win everything. <laughs> oh, he was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's Simon, what my aunt said. She said, it's not fair. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, yeah, it's over. <laughs> I, I knew it the first time you sang. I'm like, all hey, right. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what. Here. I don't mind losing to Cody. I mean, oh, that. Yeah. That kid is uh, a genius. And you know what? He's exactly what we need right now at this time. Definitely. Definitely. And um, she was telling me stories about how grown football players were shy around him. Yeah. And they would start crying when they heard him sing. And they, they were shy to come up and ask for his autograph for crying out loud. He was, he's just phenomenal. How was the camaraderie? I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry, Chris. I jumped in there. Oh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. how, How was the camaraderie? backstage with the other contestants like was there a cutthroat spirit to things was there just a unity that you know were you guys there for each other i mean like how did that look i was told that our season was special Mm. because everyone got along that's and uh, they were all extremely what happened there oh you're still here i I just said that's so cool like i i think it's amazing well you, you know what happened um we had these impromptu jam sessions where we would start uh, with uh, voices of service would come in and they'd start singing. And then a Cody would start singing and everybody's clapping their hands and they're dancing. And you know, the tambourine guy, he's smacking himself in the face with a tambourine. It was, it was 
It was, it was so cool. Everybody was so tight. And then when somebody got kicked off, we started crying and it was the best experience ever. And Simon Cowell, you know, when he was on American Idol, always known as the mean judge, seemed like he's kind of reformed a little bit. It was, is it, <laughs> it, it is it weird dealing with a different Simon? Because 10 years ago, he probably would have yelled at everybody. And he still has a little bit of edge, son, but he seems a lot nicer now. How, how would he <laughs> deal with doing the experience? Well, you know, I think that's the show kind of, uh, at that time, it, it needed that. I mean, American Idol. Yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely. But obviously, you know, he has a son now. And he's a father, and he's very, very sensitive, especially to the kids, you know, because yeah. it's tough for them. Oh, of course. Of and course. the Internet, man, they beat up on these people. And I'm going, come on. Do you know this person is 10 years old? I mean, can yeah. you just, you're sitting on your fat ass yeah. <laughs> eating oh, Cheetos yeah. and watching the show. I bet you you don't have the, a quarter of the, the talent that that this person has. Well, and with YouTube now, any performance, like your your first performance or anybody, you're on YouTube. I mean, you could be viewed hundreds of thousands of times the morning after if you're good, bad, or upside down, you know? Yeah, Definitely. yeah. Well, it, that's the key to the show now is that uh, not everybody has time to tune in at that yeah. special time, right? Right. The way they used to with traditional uh, television. And uh, now you can watch it at any time, and that's what they want. They want you on there and looking at it on YouTube and on your phone and on your Instagram and interacting with the show. That's how they find out how many viewers they have, you know, because the the Nielsen ratings they don't work anymore. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And do you are you happy with how your career has changed? I mean, obviously, a show like America's Got Talent, I'm sure it's helped you, but are you? Are you happy to be known as that America's Got Talent guy? Or, I mean, I can see it kind of working both ways. I mean, how's that work for you after you've been well, on I would like say that? that I was kind of pigeonholed in a way that, uh, you know, I'm the voice guy. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure. I think some people would think, oh, well, if he's just going to do funny noises, I don't know if I can watch that for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And nothing could be further from the truth. But, you know... I'm just a Google search away. Okay. I mean, if you Google search me, you can see that I have tons of different things. I've got oh, a yeah. dry bar comedy special where it's just straight stand up. So I think it's really helped me get discovered by a lot of people. And obviously Good. it's a process. You got to find your tribe or your tribe has to find you. And once that happens, you don't have to worry about anything. Right. Definitely, definitely. Well, more questions. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Brandon. Uh, well, because while we talk about the how technology's changed the viewership, I was curious. You know, we've heard stories about comedians. You know, they prefer um, guests to put their cell phones in these specialized bags, and uh, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. I'm just curious. How do you? How do you? Do you show those kind of concerns on when uh, guests come to your show, or how? How do you view? how the technology is impacting the stand-up uh, comedy industry? Uh, listen, I, I had to just give up on fighting it. I really did because it was driving me crazy. I mean, I was yelling at people and yeah. <laughs> I was just losing it. And uh, I mean, I had uh, this one woman, uh, this is years ago, maybe about 10 years ago or more. And she was talking on her phone in the middle of the show. While I was talking, while I was doing my show. Wow. And uh, I, I was just gobsmacked. I couldn't believe it. 
And then I realized, well, you can't, you, you can't compete with that. It's like competing yeah. with drugs. Yeah. If you had a crack addict and there was crack right on the table, they're going to smoke the crack. Right. There's nothing you could do. You can't stop them. It's that addictive. So for the most part, I have to ignore it. I just have to let it go. But if it's really obvious, I call people on it and I embarrass them. And so that's kind of how I'm doing it now. Yeah. Yeah, it, short of, uh, it doesn't help you, obviously. Pants, but other than that, what's that? Right, because it's, it doesn't help you if someone's videotaping your show, because obviously your show is your show. Well, that's the other thing, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had that, too. I've looked at it and go, like, uh, that phone's been up up there for a long time. I think that person is, is taping my show. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, you know, these guys, the door guys, they're not, <laughs> they're not right. doing their job. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be watching that audience like a hawk. Right. People think they have the right to, to record everything. And it's got to be different Anything for you, you as a comedian than the band. I mean, you, you know, because it, it oh, seems like that yeah, well, it'd be worse for a comedian than a band if oh. you're taping their show, you know? Well, can you imagine? I mean, the bands used to fight the old bootleg tapes all the time. Remember that? Somebody would yeah. sneak into the concert and they'd record it. And that, the next thing you know, there would be these bootleg leg right. tapes of whole concerts out there. And then they went to the internet and then they were distributed. Yeah. They, <laughs> that which took it to a whole new level. Yeah. I, I mean, it's fine if you're the Grateful Dead, but <laughs> some of us would like to make some money. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I know. I will say it does increase your popularity, and it's kind of cool to have that kind of sharing thing. Right. It. It. it uh, when it, when you go viral or your clips go viral, um, it generates more interest for you. And, but you guys uh, see money coming out of that too. That's the, you know, well, thing. that's true too. But you know, right. um, a lot of comedians have. Uh, there are some con- comedians that have taken. Okay, I'll give you an example. Uh, Russell Peters. Yeah, when he first started, and his brother, you know, he's his manager, and he he, he said, "Look at the uh, Russell, look at this. People are taking your comedy special and they're sharing it all over the internet. We got to do something about this." And Russell goes, "No, no, no, just just let it go, let it go," because he knew that it was that's how it was going to grow. That's how he was going yeah. to to reach his audience. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, again, want to make sure people know about what's happening here. Uh, Greg Morton, not just America's Got Talent, lots of great comedy. I I wanted to play some of the NBC stuff. I didn't want the NBC copyright people to come yell at me. Uh, But, yeah, you can definitely check out YouTube. Uh, Yeah, there's so many clips out there. Yeah, and you've got some comedy on (laughs) gregmorton.com. Yeah, February 6th. But if I could say one thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come see the show live because – what it is, it's so different than what you see on, on, on the internet because I improvise a lot. And what I wanted to do when I first started was when I first saw improv, mm. um, I, I went to my English professor in college. He always wanted to introduce us to different, uh, different things, uh, to help us because at the time my major was, classical animation. I, I was going to be a cartoonist before yeah. I got into this, you know, an animator. So he'd take us to plays. He'd take us to stand-up comedy. He would take us to Second City. And when I saw Second City, I mean, that blew my mind. I go like, wow, if I could 
take improvisation and then marry that with stand-up. And then, of course, you know, Robin Williams came along and I went, oh, wow. Okay, well, that's how it's done. And and it was great because with improv, it, it makes you fearless and yeah. you take more chances. And you realize that you're you're never really stuck. You just say whatever comes to the, the first thing that comes to your mind. If it doesn't work out, you can always go back to your safety net. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's good for your for you, for your stand-up, you know. Oh yeah. So so what I do is I mix a little bit of that with my show, my stand-up, and all my other things. So, so it's always probably, different. So you're probably doing some research and stuff happening in Ohio. You like to localize your comedy a little mm, bit? Or? No. No. Okay. No. I, I, I like it to be more of the moment. Good. Okay. Yeah. So that so what's if, happening uh, in because I don't know a person like a person in the front row, what they're wearing, what they're doing, how they're walking, if they get up, if they sit down, if they're right. scared, <laughs> yeah. whatever. I just I, I turn them into characters, oh, and they're, really su- cool. they're the supporting cast for my show. So the other night I had a guy and he was in suspenders, and I go like, "Well, that's Farmer Guy, that's Farmer John," okay. you know, and that's we got cool. a whole skit about Farmer John. Uh, or the other lady, she she laughs so funny. It sounds like she's gonna have a heart attack. So she's heart attack lady, <laughs> you know. And yeah. you just dub them, dub them all these different things, and then you do all these callbacks. And wow, that's when the magic really comes together. And they go like, "How did he remember that? Or how do you string all that and thread all that together?" It's it's quite a process, but it's cool. It's like weaving a. You know, uh, putting a quilt together. Wow. Uh, it's so fun. Hey, I want to ask you real quick, and like a- after our interview fuse over as a show, we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. Um, you were in the NFL. Did I understand that correctly? <laughs> Did you play no. for a year for the Bills, or, or, or was it a tryout? I, maybe it was fake news out there. Did look you play at, the, look at my body. Or? Does this look like a football body? Look <laughs> well, at, <laughs> somebody said you played football for a while, but maybe I maybe I was reading some fake news out there. No, what happened is there was a guy out there that has the exact same name as I do. Oh, okay. And okay. Uh, I don't know if it's an aggregate thing with the the internet. Okay. But my picture keeps getting married with his bio. Oh, so somebody because I don't have a Wikipedia. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't write one, and I, I. I was. I was hoping someone would write one for me because I don't have time to write. But anyway. <laughs> but um. So anyway, funny story. I met the. I met Greg, the uh, the other Gregory Morton. Okay. And uh, we posed for pictures, and his navel is about here on me. Okay. <laughs> you know, but he's a really big guy, tall guy, and he goes to this local cigar shop and he smokes cigars. And I told one of the club owners about this. And he says, yeah, yeah, why don't you come down to my cigar shop? And so I came down and I met him. It was so oh, fun. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know the old, the other Greg Morton, so I assume maybe you were a kicker or, you know, backup <laughs> quarterback or something. Yeah. All right. Dude, I've been trying to get that thing fixed, and every time I fix it, it the pictures end up right back in there again. So I don't know what yeah. to do. Hey, NFL player, that couldn't hurt you. I mean, you know. I, hurt. I guess to pick up, pick up a couple extra. For a while there, I was dealing with another Greg Morton who was an actor. Oh, and wow. And our, um, not our bios, but our resumes kept getting crossed. Uh, Greg Morton worked on uh, 
what's that show called? Oh, The Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Okay. Yeah. And I, I don't know if maybe he was a child actor. I'm not sure. I can't remember. And, uh, and meanwhile, my, my uh, resume, I have all these animated cartoons. Yeah. You know, like Super Mario Brothers and oh, yeah. Hello Kitty. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Very cool. Well, well, Greg, before I let you go, John, Brandon, anything else you'd like to ask, Greg? Um, I was, you mentioned about how you were started out with inspired by Eddie Murphy's performances. Is there any comedian today or contemporary one that is pretty active that, um, or a couple that you admire today or. Uh, here's my thing here now. Um, I try not to watch too many comedians of today because I don't want their voice in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, the, those voices are very strong. And it's it quite easily mimicked. And uh, you you could be walking along and go like, oh, I thought of this great joke. And, oh, yeah, no wonder. It, of course it's great. You just saw it on uh, so-and-so's next Netflix special. Wow. Wow, yeah. So I never want that to happen. And you never want to be accused of, of thieving or taking yeah. somebody else's uh, bits. I mean, so I, my influences are mainly... Um, anybody 1980 and before, you know, people that I like, I'll, I'll even go older. Like I'll watch, I'll go on a binge and I'll watch uh, Rodney Dangerfield for a whole oh, Just Rodney mm-hmm. Dangerfield. Oh, or I'll watch Carson. I'll watch, oh, Don Rickles. Yeah. I love watching Don Rickles. Yeah. So I well, think that's to me, that's the master class when you watch all those guys. Well, and the culture's got to be so tough today because, I mean, even on a podcast like this, I mean, you say one thing that somebody could find questionable. I mean, does that make it tough to do comedy now? Ah, no, no, no. Listen, I, I think we got to stop being so fearful. Amen. We, we, cool. have, to, we have to start challenging our audiences. Mm-hmm. And if they laugh, if they don't laugh and they go, ooh, you got to push it further. Well, and that's part of what comedy is. I mean, you can't be that's sick, right. right? Yeah. You keep pushing until it gets it becomes so ridiculous that they have to accept that it's a joke. Yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, when you're when you're up on stage, you're not in their office. Yeah. You're not going to be called down to HR. Yep. So, what what are you afraid of? No, you 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 make it clear to them that this is your office. You're, mm. They're not in their office anymore. Right. And whatever you say, that's your reality. And, and, and you're, they you're have to accept your reality. They have to go along right. with it. And, Otherwise, and there is no joke. Yeah, and you have to write. You're a comedian. I mean, it's not that's like right. you're sitting in an office that you're going to offend somebody. So definitely. Well, and this is the other thing, too. If, if, if a comedian comes out and they make fun of themselves first, then everyone else is fair game. And it's always been that way. That everyone gets a shot. Everyone gets, yeah. you know what I mean. But that, but it is what it is. I, I, I we're losing our sense of humor. We're becoming way too serious right. and too sensitive. Amen. I, I, I could. I can't believe how bad it is now. If it wouldn't look corny, I'd get up and give you, you know, saying, oh, yeah, because no, I definitely agree with that. I yeah. mean, yeah, there's there's got to be a limit somewhere, but but it's ridiculous well, now where people are afraid to say anything that's going to offend people, <laughs> especially in the comedy world. It's crazy. Well, you know? I saw this uh, tweet the other day. Someone said, uh, 
if a comedian says something that marginalizes a certain group or offends a certain group, and they, they had a list of all of these laundry list of these different criteria, then yeah. you don't laugh. No laughing, <laughs> which is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, that, that means that comedy is not for you. That's what that means. <laughs> Definitely. So, John, anything else? I, I, I want to make sure you guys have a chance to ask, or, or Brandon. I don't want to keep Greg too long, but I don't want to ask all the questions. Anything else you guys want to ask? Um, John, did you have anything? <laughs> John, we can't hear you. <laughs> what happened to John? Yeah, John's had a long day. So, <laughs> Brandon, anything else? Right in my head. <laughs> oh, here he is. Can you hear me now? I think my, uh, I think these are on their last legs, so I'm done with them. But uh, <laughs> the reverb and all of that. But no, I'm <laughs> asking in those words and just um, freed by all of them. You know, like we can't just live in fear. And we can't no. worry about living in judgment. It, it just, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, uh, I mean, I know that a lot of these teachers, they think that they're doing the right thing and helping kids, but they're actually not preparing them for the real world. Now, yeah. uh, and then they get out there and they're so easily offended. They're like little cream puffs. Um, sure, we got bullied. We all did. But where are the bullies now? <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, I think it makes you a better, a better, more well-rounded person. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to speak up for yourself. Yeah, that's what life is all about. Amen. If you don't learn, if you don't learn that, if you don't learn it this lifetime, you're going to have to learn it the next. So. Well, keep preaching that truth. Feels like I said. I mean, that's a frustrating thing I find about comedy. Um. You know, they did that. Um, John and I were like Norm MacDonald, and it seems like, you know, he got some raw deal recently with some stuff like that, you know, and it, it, it's, it's a shame. But, yeah, you know, I'm glad that you've got. Well, with oh, Norm, yeah, with Norm, but Norm has always been that way. Oh, yeah. Like, he hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. That's his act. He's always he's always pushed the envelope. Well, it's and, sad uh, that today people don't get that. You know what I mean? I, I mean, you know, they loved it yeah. in the nineties and two thousands and everything. And it's sad with the, the like we talked about the weird culture right now. Right. He's getting flack when he, he's brilliant, right. and it, it's a shame. It's a shame. Well, so, listen, guys, get fired from SNL for doing that. You know, yeah. and, listen, uh, and this, we'll bounce back this is what's going to happen. Yeah. Everybody's going to get sick of this uh, social justice warrior stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be some pushback mm -hmm. because pretty yeah. soon everything will be just plain, bland vanilla. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, like some people like hot sauce. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that will become a really niche uh, flavor on the store shelf. And a lot of people are going to be re reaching for that that flavor. I, I think it's going to increase. I think it will become even more popular. Mm -hmm. um, you can see it now. That, that's where we are now. And the, that right now, the two sides are fighting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who's going to yeah. win? I don't know. But uh, I think we got a we got a ways to go now. Yet.
I don't think it's quite there yet because it's so firmly entrenched. I mean, if you're raised that way, if you go, you go to school and uh, they bring up all these these things, if the if you're in, you're you're being indoctrinated, mm-hmm. right? So. Right. Well, Greg, thank you so much for your time. I, I'd love to keep Jeez. you on for all night. We could talk more, but I, I want to make sure you can enjoy your night in Toronto. But Greg's coming back um, to Ohio. Columbus, now, I want to make sure we get these dates right so people know where to go. February 6th to 9th, correct? And it's night shows yeah. with a a day show for the all-family on the 9th on Sunday, right? That's, that is correct, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, tickets yeah. are $15. You can go to gregmorton.com or also columbusfunnybone.com to get that link. And yeah, my daughter, she has seven with autism and she loves your clips on America's Got Talent. So uh, you're on my list to check you out on the family show. Obviously, I can't bring her to drink, but you know, we can uh, <laughs> definitely check out the family show. It should be fun. Well, Greg, I'll definitely <laughs> send you a link to this. Love for you to share it. Uh, I would. I'd love to. Yeah, I'll be in touch with you tomorrow. Greg, thank you so much for your time. We yeah. appreciate you taking 40 minutes yeah, of your so night with us. Uh, Greg, Thanks, you have a great night. Thank you so much. Really? Awesome. That was All a right. great interview. Wow. Yeah, yeah the, the great Greg Morton. And uh, thank you guys for being patient. I, You never know. Um, I'm My apologies sure. for the tech problem. I don't know. What oh, no worries. My earbuds were triggering all sorts of uh, – software and whatnot and then finally just cut out so we're still alive guys <laughs> we're still alive in case you were i know but i'm, I'm apologizing to the audience as well i mean you know if it, if it affected the show at all my apologies but what an epic interview he had such yeah. and everything that was just awesome yeah, definitely, definitely. And, yeah, we'll definitely share that. You know, Greg, a fantastic guest. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't sure what to do because, you know, with NBC, um, you know, people, you can't really show a lot of stuff. But Greg had a lot of great um, scenes from America's Got Talent. On our show page, um, I'll definitely share some YouTube clips from him. Check it out and definitely check him out February 6th to 9th. Uh, at Columbus Funny Bone. Um, he'll be doing some adult shows. Now, I'm not sure if the content's adult or if it's just the fact that Columbus Funny Bone has a bar that you can drink from. But if you're not sure about the adult content, definitely check out February 9th. Um, I believe uh, you have to check the website. I think it's 4 p.m. Um, he has a family show to so bring the kids and everything. And the other thing I didn't mention to him, it's $15, so not a bad uh, price for a ticket. So, yeah, thanks so much to Greg for coming. And, uh, guys, thanks for your patience. I know we wanted to talk about some other things tonight. We'll have to get to that pretty quick. But how are you guys doing? Everything going good? Yeah, going great. They're going pretty well. I haven't played with the beard for a while. Yeah, I, I came close. Uh, for uh, to sharing stories about Julie Andrews for Greg, but I I thought that might be a little bit too much. But I, I think it was a good call to keep it about him. And yeah, I, yeah, I, I show remarkable restraint. It was amazing. Oh yeah. All right. Well, let's. We've got a lot to talk about, guys. Um, I was up late the other day. We have a Patreon page. I want to talk about later in the show. And we're, we're going to record a very quick first bonus show that we're going to talk to you about in just a minute. But let's talk about some of the events of the weekend. As I was telling Greg, and I got fooled by fake news. I thought he used to play in the NFL, but boy, is my face red. But speaking of the NFL, 
Uh, yeah, there's a pretty big game last night. Super Bowl, what was it, 54, I believe? I, I, I've lost count. Uh, you know, the sad thing is everyone kept repeating it, and I... I, I think it's 54. Uh, yeah. Well, Kansas City Chiefs, um, San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City wins 31-20. to 20. I got to mm-hmm. say, I'm an old man. I fell asleep. I was doing some work downstairs. I fell asleep when it was 20-10. to 10. I woke up at midnight, checked my phone, and said, oh, yeah, San Francisco won, and boy, was I surprised. Kansas City came back. Um, as a Steelers fan, I I, really, I wasn't really rooting for either team. But, hey, you know, Kansas City is a nice team. Uh, you know, some nice stuff. But, you know, on this show, we don't really talk as much about football, football. I want to talk about some of the stories behind the game. And, Brandon, you were sharing a meme today, I think, on Twitter about the crazy halftime show. So I definitely want to talk some halftime. Uh, Shakiro, Shakiro, Shakira. And Jennifer Lopez were the main um, guests. Brandon, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. What, what was your take on the halftime show? Let me put it this way, Chris. Um, this was one of, one of the better halftime performances we've seen in a while. Like I remember when we started this podcast, we were all talking about that crappy, horrible oh. halftime show with Adam Levine. And that sucked. Yeah, it was horrible. It was like no, that wasn't like it was just. The, choreography and the and the, like the, i mean like there was no thought put into how were the all these different they had like three different acts in that one and they didn't seem to know how to make them all gel well together this year um it was it's looking like the year of the women for for sure because shakira had a good um first half of the set of the halftime and then j uh, j-lo came in and did her thing and then um you know they kind of meld and had one act together um overall it was you know crisp it was you know um little controversy i mean it was just a good good fun performance um yeah i definitely want to address that in a minute um do you think and it, it was on fox i i don't know it was one of the halftime guys like right after the show they were like oh this is the best ever and i'm like what <laughs> i mean I don't think it was terrible, but I don't think it was the best ever. How would it rank in your, your – I know you haven't seen all 54 halftime shows, but are you Would you go? Are you going as far as to say it was the best ever? No, I'm not going to go say it's the best ever. I'm just okay. saying it was, it's been the best in a while. Um, you know, I'm sure there were probably – like I say, the halftime show has suffered – like all, the, all these mishaps um, over the years have just kind of pushed – it kept it safe. And um, this still, this performance still fell, falls under safe, but um, it wasn't, um, but it wasn't like, what am I watching? Like last year, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is just, this is horrible. This is, well, well right. Room Five, there really wasn't any stand-up moments, uh, unless you're you're into Adam Levine and him taking off his shirt well, was a stand-up moment. But I mean, I, I enjoy his music for the most part, but there was no, there was just they were all over the place last year. Um, yeah, it was you know, cool. Lady Gaga. I think had a better better halftime show a while a few years back, and um, I kind of like what I love about the Super Bowl is you see these acts kind of kind of get legitimized in a way or go to another level where, you know, they're performing in front of the most viewership in, on television usually. 
Um, and I kind of like to see acts that are rising and then they hit that Super Bowl moment. But um, it seems like they're going like Shakira's songs were really dated. Like hips don't lie, man. That's like what aughts um, or early turn 2010s, maybe. I mean, so um, and maybe it takes that long. I'm just never really noticed. But uh, um, yeah, that's that was these were some of the thoughts I had. Um, okay. But, yeah. I know there's a couple. There is a little controversy with some of the, on um, with some uh, cons- more conservative crowd, but that's always a given. <laughs> All right, John, thumbs up, thumbs down. I am the worst, most boring person to ask for a podcast response in this. I just don't watch the Super Bowl halftime shows. Okay. I watch the Super Bowl for football, and. Perfect. Unless it's a band that I actually genuinely like, I'm not going to watch it, especially if women are involved. Because I have to say it, it, it there's a sexualization of women, so I just don't take a chance. I, I'm a, I'm a single man. Um, I'm just so, not going to watch. Oh, oh, this sounds horrible, but screw it, I don't care. I'm not going to watch a woman's performance on the Super Bowl show because. Of the, of the history of the stuff that Brandon was talking about, but the athleticism from what I hear was amazing. The performance, like how they actually did stuff like, you know, especially for their age, like yeah. stuff I never could do from what I'm gathering, but um, I'm just a horrible judge because I don't watch the Super Bowl halftime show because they don't have metal acts in the halftime show. And so I don't was your alternative just turn the channel? Did you just go get something to eat? Or, like, I mean, obviously, um, you don't have to watch it, but. That was the time where I where I refilled some on some food. And to be honest, um, I puttered around the house. I sat down, and I fell asleep. Okay. I was so disappointed because um, when I fell asleep, I didn't mean to fall asleep. I just was tired. I didn't care. And I... I, I I fully admit I was so mad at myself because I didn't wake up until the game was over. Well, or to the game, but well, I, I don't watch the Super Bowl for the commercials. Although they're sometimes fun, I didn't watch the Super Bowl for the halftime show. I just watched it for the football. And, and see, I'm getting to a point where if the Steelers are into it, the pop culture is what interests me. I mean, the game last night, you know, the Chiefs are fun to watch, but I I can't. I mean, it was nice. It was a closer game. I mean, the game last year with the Patriots Rams was boring. Maroon 5 was yeah. boring. I, I don't know where, where I stay on the halftime thing. I'm, I'm kind of halfway in between. Um, I thought musically it was a billion times better than Maroon 5. Cool. I thought um, in terms of dancing, uh, you know, they had a lot of talented dancers and everything else. You know, it's in Miami, so there, there, it's Latino, or it's Latino sounds weird. Latin music, you know, I mean, that's what's going to be featured. It's in Miami, and, and that's fine. I, you know, salsa music is a little bit more. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, I don't know. If sexual is the right term. It's all about the hips. Wait, 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 Brandon, do that again, buddy. 
Wow, this just became very hard. Tomorrow there'll be a big controversy. I'm going to regret this when I run for president in 20-some years. They'll bring this back on late night. Yeah, should they put a a sticker on the podcast? It'll be good. Hey, if you're out there and you want to make a meme of what Brandon does, go for it. It'd be great. It'd be fantastic. But, no, but, you know, as a whole, you know, salsa music is intended to be a little bit more physical, hip, sexual, whatever you want to call it. I, I guess here's the thing that bothers me. You look at Madonna, you look at every other woman that's performed the halftime show. Yes, that stuff gets emphasized more. And what bothers me is okay, we're in a culture that's over sexualized. I mean that that goes without saying. What bugs me is if I'm Shakira or if I'm Jennifer Lopez, now shoot me, but I don't think Jennifer Lopez is a great singer. I think Shakira's got more musical talent. I think Jennifer Lopez is a good actress, and I think she—I guess she's a good dancer. I don't really evaluate people on their dance moves or whatever else the case might be. I, I guess what frustrates me is if I'm Jennifer Lopez or if I'm Shakira, I wouldn't it be depressing to be known like okay. Let's be honest, and let's make the podcast go to radar. Jennifer Lopez is known because she has a big bottom, you know, a big butt or whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, that's what people know Jennifer Lopez as. I don't think that's accurate. Well, well, people have said that. and I mean, people have said that in the past, okay? And, and Shakira. And, and I guess what, in the past, Chris. And I guess what I'm saying is there's been what, – what frustrates me is, okay, yes, you can say somebody's good-looking. If it's a man, a woman, whatever. Fine. I mean, we're human beings. We we can say, hey, that person is nice looking or that person's not nice looking, whatever else the case might be. If I'm Shakira, if I'm Jennifer Lopez, I don't want to be known for that. And yes, they had a good show. They had good music. They had talent dancing. But, you know, there was a lot of, you know, I, I know about a lot of, I'm not sure if it should be I don't think it was like smut necessarily, but there, I mean, you know, they had rappers grinding on them. They had, you know, they were thrusting their, you know, they're simulating other stuff. And if it's on later at night, like if it's on Saturday live or whatever, it's fine. It's 1130. You can choose wherever to watch that. The thing that bugs me a little bit is the time it's on. And yeah, the Super Bowl is not painted as a family event, but you know, a lot of people are at Super Bowl parties, get togethers, uh, my daughter had meltdowns, so she didn't get to watch the Super Bowl halftime show, and I'm glad she didn't. But you're—I don't mean to be a prude, but I think it gets a little bit too much when it's kind of marketed to kids. If that makes sense. Well, considering the fact that a kid ran in and started the whole thing off with a bunch of kids, you know, when he carried the football into the stadium, I think it's pretty fair to say it was marketed as a kids and family event. I mean, that was the whole thrust of that that commercial slash. Well, and, 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 you know, J, you know, J-Lo had, you know, her family playing on it and everything else. So, I mean, I, I don't want to be approved. I mean, I, I, I understand that the world's different than what I may believe. And I'm not going to sit here on a soapbox and say, 
you know, this shouldn't be on. If it's on, it's on. You know, we can make the choice not to watch it, which, you know, a lot of people chose to. I, I, I guess the issue for me is I don't want to start yelling and screaming about if they thrust their hips too much or anything else. And I don't necessarily think it was bad. I, I just get a little weirded out that it was at an event open to kids and market to kids, I guess. I, I think it's yeah. in addition to that. I mean, do do the male artists ever have to like Adam Levine had his shirt off? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah, but do they ever have do they ever have to go to that degree of dancing that provocatively and and whatnot to be deemed successful as far as a halftime show? Well well let's like, be honest. I don't, think, I don't think the men artists and the women artists are judged the same way. See, I don't know if I agree with that, John, because to be honest, if you look at that crap that Adam Levine uh, did last night, I mean, not last night, but last year at the Super Bowl, what was the only thing that was memorable? Brandon said it, and I said it too. I mean, the only thing I can remember from a halftime show was the fact he had his shirt off. And not that that was interesting to me by any means, but it just, I mean, there was nothing else memorable. Okay, so he finally took his shirt off and was covering the same percentage as the ladies last night, right? Well, but I'm saying... How did he dance? Well, I, I don't know how he danced. I don't remember. The, oh, it, it, sucked. it was boring, yeah. It, but but I, I guess what I'm saying is... This is when the guitar, this is when another rap person was doing their act, and he didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. he, they told him, oh, just, just dance no, along with it. That, that's what I'm saying is the women have to work a lot harder, be more athletic, dance more provocatively, dress from the get-go more scantily, I think it's sexist and I'm sorry. I'm kind of sick of this world marketing as women can be confident when what they're doing is they're cashing in on their sexuality. That bothers me. That's why I haven't watched this halftime show forever. Well, in some people, you know, talk about me too and say, well, how could you have me too? when somebody's, you know, grinding up on JLo or Shakira or anything. And, you know, the argument against that is some people could say, well, you know, obviously they're not, it's all performance, and they have yeah, and they're welcoming and, it. You know, I mean, it's not know. like they're. I mean, yeah. it, it's all choreographed. This is all. I mean, we're getting a little yeah. bit crazy about. It. I mean, I, as I'm saying, what it comes down to is, you have a certain group of people, uh, a segment of population that just doesn't like the overly sexualized nature of it. But to me, um, from someone who just, you know, the other half of us or the other third or whatever percentage you want to throw out will say, well, we're not even looking at it at that way. You guys are looking at it that way. Um, and we're just seeing it as a, just a simple performance and they're performers and this is the kind of costumes they wear. Um, but I will point out that even Pornhub had put out tweet out and said, we swear we didn't sponsor this. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, I did. I don't think. Um, I, I, I'm. I don't think uh, it was overtly sexualized. I just think there are elements there that don't people won't agree with. But um, yeah. Um, and but you know the question is we'll always have this debate whether we can um, whether it's appropriate to have it at the halftime show, show, yeah. Super Bowl show, which roughly comes on around eight eight thirty, depending yeah. on how long the first half of the game takes. Um, you know, that's a good debate to always have, but you know, um, 
and I'm not going to sit here and try to enforce my my morality on the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, it's kind of a reflection of where society is at, and I've got other stuff to worry about in life and that. I, 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 I guess my disappointment, and, you know, John and I are talking about different things. I guess my disappointment kind of lies in I would feel bad if I'm J-Lo or Shakira or, or whoever else. I mean, you know, you know, Gaga, Madonna, or anything else, where for women – how sex has to be thrust into it. And again, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, never, never, never. But what, but what I'm saying is why, like, why does that have to be brought in? And I, I would make the argument and, and last night was different because I thought the music was good last night, but maybe Maroon 5, if, if the only thing you can remember from Maroon 5 is the guy taking his shirt off, that tells you the music sucked because, you know, there's, I, I mean, there's nothing else you could say. And, the performance sucked. I mean, Maroon 5 music's not bad. I, I don't think it's the worst. But right. By the way, I want to defer to you, Brandon's judgment of the halftime show as far as the quality and everything. Because again, I haven't, I, I didn't watch it, so I can't speak with authority, and I didn't go back over the clips, you know. But anyway, for what, for what it's worth, I trust Brandon's judgment as far as the quality goes. But 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 it's good. I mean, you know, we have three different viewpoints, which is great. I mean, that's what a podcast should be about. You know, we always have to agree on stuff, and you know, it's good. I just, I, I guess, mine's more of a philosophical discussion based on. You know, why is it with women that it always has to be about sex? And I'm not blaming the woman. I, I'm almost blaming us as men saying, okay, for – and I'm not blaming you for this, Brandon. I'm just saying in a society, I think there's a perception that, okay, you have to kind of go over the top to be appealing musically. You know what I mean? And again, that's not true for everybody. I'm making a broad generalization. But I think the reason why some of that stuff happens isn't because, you know, we're evil. I think at all. I think it's just a fact of saying, okay, what's going to sell? I mean, why do you do a halftime show? You want to sell your stuff. You want to be more popular and everything. And the thing that kind of disappoints me is they almost felt like they had to go there to kind of be relevant. And it's not Again, I'm not gonna freak out by it. it. Just it kind of makes me more sad than anything else. Yeah. Work, what? It was either controversial or it pleased. So it worked. Yeah. You know, because I've got horns in my beard, you know. Yeah, and once again, if you're watching some video, I'm distracted because John's playing with his beard, which I like playing with my beard. And Brandon, maybe I should agree with you. I mean, what's more disturbing, an oversexualized Halftime show or John Reed stroking his beard. I mean, that's. <laughs> I'm telling you, it makes it makes the halftime show ready, G. <laughs> yes, yes. But, I mean, you know, uh, you, you know, I mean, like earlier, I mean, I'll point out something though. Like, in when they had Dwayne Johnson um, introducing the players, um, you know, he, he used some pretty um, graphic language like you know candy ass or yeah. whatnot part of me for my friend yeah. but okay. where's the outrage i mean it's quick it's it's because it's within the theme it's you might not notice it because it's within the persona that Dwayne's projecting right there it's all about that toughness and athletic athleticism and that's what i'm saying for this show i mean everything seemed appropriate or tasteful within the context of the halftime show now you know 
I know parents are maybe when I'm a parent, I'll be concerned like, oh, don't see that. Oh, don't see that. Don't. Oh, my gosh. Turn TV off. Where's the remote? And this is happening, of course, when I'm in a bar or something. Right. <laughs> People be like, why did you take your kid to a bar? But, um, you know, um, these are things that, um, you know, everyone, that's why we all have a power to view what we want to view and not view it, not view what we want, but. Well, and you have the power to turn something off. If it, well, and I'll be honest with you. I'm, I was thinking about the podcast tonight. I'm thinking about, hey, it, it makes sense to pay attention to the halftime show. It makes sense to pay attention to the ads. Now, did I watch the whole halftime show? No. Did I see every ad last night? No. But it helps to pay attention to that stuff, you know, for what we're doing here tonight. But, yeah, it also raises the point, too. Like, John, if John doesn't want to see that, so he's got the right and he's got the willingness to you know just do something else during halftime which i think is good and really you're not gonna win the argument against the nfl i I guess the only thing the nfl could do is maybe if nothing else make alternative for kids or something but then on the other hand it's still up to the kids and the parents because you can have a separate halftime show but you're not forcing kids to watch that so it's just i mean I, i think we need to be a little bit more discernible especially when it comes to kids but i mean you're adults you can make choices it, it was like you know my wife you know i had it on while i was doing work downstairs i really wasn't focused too much on oh wow they're dancing weird or anything else my wife noticed it where later that night we watched the youtube clip and she's like oh that's kind of weird i'm glad my daughter didn't watch it you know and, and that's really all that you know it came down to so yeah so i mean it, it's interesting it leads to a good debate and brand I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I don't think we should ban or, you know, some of that stuff from happening. I, I think we all need to be a little bit more discernible of what we see and what we don't see. Because, obviously, it goes back to individual choice. And we're still America, so we can't ban stuff. We can't, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, we can. And <laughs> the way our the way our country, constitutional, constitutionally uh, yes. viable. It has to fit a certain narrative, you know. Is it offensive in all these X, Y, Z ways? Greg just talked about it, you know. Well, I mean, that was the word, biggest criticism we had of the last year's show is that it felt sanitized. Um, mm-hmm. You know, how, how, how can you push the envelope without crossing the line? Then, then of course, Greg's probably from that camp, though. What is the, There is no line, so... You know, you're in my reality, but well, um, I'll be honest with you. Some of the my my favorite halftime shows, I I don't know, like it was the one where the Ravens beat the Giants, and it was a weird halftime show because they they brought in um Aerosmith, Britney Spears, and Run DMC. It was it was this weird mismatch of of a bunch of stuff. Fantastic. And yeah, and if we if we watched it, I'm sure you would say, "Oh my goodness, Britney Spears probably isn't wearing an appropriate outfit or whatever else." I, I thought it was funny because at the time it was just this weird mix of throwing a bunch of musicians a pot and seeing what happens. So I mean, everyone's got a different attitude of what's good, what's not, what's appropriate, and what's not. And, and probably the, the biggest takeaway, unless you enforce morality, which is hard to do. I'm not sure if it's proper for America to do. It just we need to make better choices. Just because something's on TV doesn't mean we have to watch it. And you know, I guess that's what it comes down to. A couple other things. Um, Super Bowl ads. Anything really stick out to you guys? Um, well, 
let's see a couple things was is the planters commercial was terrible but baby nut appears to be trying to take advantage of the baby yoda trend mm-hmm. um i i am still trying to I didn't get a chance to look at the uh, bill murray um commercial which that was pretty good around. that was good i loved it okay don't tell me i have to i'm still okay i'm still just say it's amazing and i'll go look you like it you like i think you'll like it no, I saw it. I saw it uh, before the Super Bowl, but the Smotpock commercial was always kind of mm-hmm. a, little, a little warmth to my heart. <laughs> I thought the uh, the secret commercial. Um, I thought it was funny that they went equality when like their motto up until now has been strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. You know, yeah. I, 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 I saw your shift. I saw your Facebook post about that. Yeah. You know. I'll be honest, it was weird to me, maybe not as much for the equality thing. I think right now in football, I'm not sure if guys should play football. I mean, football has kind of gotten a weird sport, and we, you know, had endless arguments about Miles Garrett and, you know, Mason Rudolph, all that stuff. It was weird that, I mean, equality is fine. I have no problem with it. I, I just, to me, it was almost like, I don't know if I want women playing football, not that I don't want women to play. I just get nervous about anybody playing football right now sometimes. So, yeah, yeah but, but it was a different message, you know, the secret set. I, I've always, I've believed in equality. I think that the NBA and the uh, WNBA ought to merge and just the best players get it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't thought of it that way. I I don't know. I mean, like I said, I might. I'm I'm kind of torn about you know, like if women should play men's sports, or whatever. I I don't know. It's not nothing. I feel super strongly about. I just I it, it was a weird message about football, which is a violent game. And like I said, if I had a son right now, I'm not sure if I would want my son to play football. But I kind of like some of the other things happening, like, you know, in coaches, there was a first female coach to coach in the Super Bowl, one of the four nine assistants. That, Brown, that wonderful. Brown's actually hired a chief of staff as a woman. And um, honestly, Becky Hammond uh, in the NBA is now coaching um, the San Antonio Spurs. She's an assistant. And there's been some talk that saying, look, you know, she could become a next, you know, head coaching candidate, which is done really well. Um, yeah, and Cavs hired a uh, kind of assistant coach. I can't remember her name now, but uh, although the Cavs think, uh, apparently she's doing a good job for them. So it's really interesting. Um, anybody see the Jason Momoa ad? I thought that was kind of Yeah, that one was cute. I thought it was, even though some people were weirded out by it. I was this one ad, I can't remember the name of it, but um, it was showing people dancing with their legs. They were moving their legs back and with their knees, like back and forth. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, I can't. What was it not there though? What's that? It had to do with I think TurboTax or some other TurboTax. It was the yeah. TurboTax. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate TurboTax in the tax preparer industry, but that ad was funny. I will admit. So everyone, should we do that right now? Uh, I don't. I would love to stand up and, but I think you would just get not even my knees in the. Yes. And, and, and I don't want to. I want to give you and Chris a heart attack. <laughs> Well, and we, right, and yeah, we definitely need to talk about one other thing before we get the bonus that we haven't touched on yet. You know, I got to say, the only other thing about the Super Bowl that kind of struck me, well, there was a bunch of stuff, but um, the ad that I thought stunk because it didn't make any sense, 
Uh, we got a discussion with this at our, our church Super Bowl get together. We went to um, St. Archer's Beer. So they took out an ad. I never really heard of them, but the ad really was simplistic, kind of talking about we're the best beer. And everybody was looking around at each other going, I've never heard of St. Archer's Beer. So it was a confusing ad trying to say we're the best, where usually when you say we're the best, if it's beer, pop, food, cars, whatever, the assumption would be you would know what that thing is if nobody or well, i'm sure somebody's heard of st archer's beer but if, if people haven't heard about that much it's kind of a weird argument to make so yeah. um any bad ads you guys saw that just didn't make it or was horrible i i pay much attention to the ads which tells me that the john's a purist popped what john's a purist the ones that popped popped and the ones that didn't didn't um I'm not paying attention to the ads. I mean, if, if I see it and notice it while I'm doing my other stuff, then great. I was in it for the football. Definitely, definitely. All right. Well, let's talk about this other thing because we got to get to a real quick show afterwards. Um, oh, boy. How, how do we say this really quick? Because this could take a while. Um, okay. We've been talking as a podcast. We're still going to do what we're doing. Um, we've set up a Patreon page. Um uh, the Patreon page is a, an additional way you could support the show. So we're still having podcasts. We're still doing everything what we're doing. We're going to have a bonus show each week. Now, a bonus show, we're going to lay our hair down, um, and we're going to try to produce some additional content. Um, on the show notes, I'm going to publish our Patreon page. It's up. Uh, we're going to try to have some bonus content on there. I've got a daily blog of just some ways you can save money. Uh, we'll also have some audio podcasts. And what I mean by that is um, John, me, and uh, hopefully Brandon, um, just during the week, might do a, like a one-minute little clip of something. Um, you guys should check it out this morning. I posted about my irritation with how restaurants are charging me for water. Uh, so you can listen to that too. So here's the deal. We're trying to help support what we're doing financially. So what we're saying is, on Patreon, for three bucks a month, you can get the bonus content, the bonus show, um, <laughs> bonus audio clips, some ways you can save money, and it's just an additional way of supporting the show. We'll still have the free podcast that we're doing right now. Uh, we're we're going to try and do that a little bit more to help support us. Um, trying to say this quick. John, Brandon, any questions or anything we should add to this or – I'm excited to finally be off the leash with my personal and professional life. It's coming. Yeah, and the one thing I wanted to do, and, and this is a conversation that John and Brandon and I should probably have offline, but I, I think one of the things we'd like to do is with some of the interviews or some of the news, like talking about the Super Bowl and everything, we'll have it kind of out to the public, so we'll have that part of the show. But we'll we'll talk about probably some more personal stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're not going to swear and you know tell weird jokes or anything. But yeah, there'll be some fun stuff going on, kind of the bonus show. So we're going to do a quick one tonight. It'll be on the Patreon page. It will be on the show notes. We're going to promote this the next day or two on our social media. Check it out. You want to support these guys. Brandon, look at him. He's going broke. And <laughs> John, all he's doing is rubbing his beard in a creepy, awful way. So, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we'll talk more about this in the upcoming weeks. One of the things, Brandon and John, I want to talk to you guys about, maybe in a week or two, we have to have a goal. So we say if 50 people can sign up for a Patreon page, we'll have to do something. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's so, a great idea. So, Brandon, do you have any, uh, help us think about ideas next week or two we could do if we get hit a certain level? Sounds good. <laughs> Brandon's got this look of fear on his face going, I can't believe I'm letting these guys do that. So, yeah. Well, so we'll, one thing right now, color change might be involved. For John, yeah. John could do any of that stuff. That will be great. So, yeah. uh, pa- Patreon, check it out. Um, it's up there. I'll share the link, and uh, we'll we'll be talking more about that in the next couple of weeks. So, all right, guys. Um, yeah. So part of the bonus, we're going to talk for fifteen minutes. John Reed has found a poop app, and he's going to tell us all about the poop. We'll talk about that real quick on the bonus show. Um, and so, yeah, check us out there. Just subscribe to Patreon. Help support us. We promise we'll get you a lot of fun content. All right, guys, well, let's move over to the other link. We'll do a quick bonus show, and we'll be done for tonight. All right, uh, thanks for checking us out. And Brandon and John, we'll reconnect in just a minute. All right? All right. All right. Have a good night, everybody.